This podcast is brought to you by Infinite Resources, a local staffing agency connecting diverse job candidates in central Iowa companies. another episode of the image tv podcast and i've got a special guest with me on the show today rj miller and rj miller it's a pleasure to have you on the image tv podcast um i first of all want to tell you congratulations and i want to tell you that you did a great job in thank you yeah in 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 your willingness to compete to run this race uh you uh did a good job standing your grounds uh, against all odds. So you ran for city council. And could you just briefly speak on that? Sure can. So I was the youngest person in the city council race. Um, I'm 33 years old. Everybody else was much older than me. Um, some of the obstacles that I that I was faced with was obviously um, the lack of support, um, the lack of funding, but shout out to everybody that did support me, both um, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, praying for me. Um, the people Rome, that knocked doors for me, Rome Darren Bay. I'm sorry, I got to, I got to put that in there. That, yeah. that brother Rome, yeah. he uh, he talked about you a lot. You know, I, I conversated with him a lot, and he was talking about his support mm-hmm. uh, in you. He uh, encouraged you know people to stand up and try to you know support you and. Uh, so go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I just wanted to make sure I got his name out there as it related yeah. to your support, because yeah. I know he was a big part of that. Yeah, for sure. So, so yes, I mean, um, there definitely was a lack of support, but I definitely think there were people in my corner that, that motivated me definitely, you know, spread the word. I know my dad, um, my bro, Chucky, Jer- uh, big bro, Jerome, um, some of the sisters out here in the community also was advocating for me, uh, donating to my campaign, um, I had some brothers come knock doors with me. Um, but as a, as a collective, I think more people should have came and, and supported. They didn't, but that's okay. Um, definitely some of the obstacles was also going into some of these rooms by myself. Um, yeah, and just and just feeling like you're just feeling like you're you're taking this burden of the community and of the culture and and going into the room and representing and you don't have the people 100% behind you, but yet you're representing the issues of the people. Um, we had a former Councilwoman who was black. Um, one one of the one of the things that I didn't want to see was for the entire city council, which is predominantly white, anyways, to just be an all white city council, and for us not to have anybody that is um, a minority on the council to be able to represent the values, um, the interests, and the lived experiences of the people. So that was one of the reasons why I wanted to definitely hop in a race, represent for the lower income neighborhoods. Uh, challenge the status quo, say that there's more that we could be doing as a city to make sure that we're doing outreach and giving the people the the resources that we need. Um, I had individuals trying to target me based off, um, you know, past convictions and things of that nature, which I thought was uh, 
interesting because at the end of the day, my past doesn't determine me. What determines me is the future is my future and the current work that I'm doing within the community with the youth, standing up for the community, fighting for issues such as um, property taxes, sales taxes, fighting against violence, but not just going after the symptoms, but also going after the root causes. So that was one of the other reasons why I decided to run is to use the platform to be able to address the root causes of certain stuff. You know, when I was in the neighborhood, um, I was an at-risk youth going through my own, you know, obstacles and got in a lot of trouble and things of that nature. So I wanted to make sure that youth and uh, adults got the appropriate amount of resources that they needed so they didn't have to go towards crime. That's good. I also remember uh, Charles Bruton mm-hmm. also. Chucky. Chuck, very big support. Yes, sir. You know, and these are people that uh, help a lot of people in the community, uh, you know, rather these are guys that have come out of prison, whether they're uh, just African-American in the youth running for, you know, different elections and things like that. So uh, what, let me ask you something. What did you learn from this experience? I, I definitely learned that you have to be very strategic and in, in dealing with politics and politics is ugly. Politics is war. It, it literally is war. Despite you using politics as an avenue, because to me, when I when I think of politics, I think of the distribution of land, um, resources, and the distribution of wealth. So there's a big inequity when it comes to how wealth is distributed, how affluent neighborhoods get more resources and funding, and our more lower-income neighborhoods that we would identify as being the hood uh, receive little to no funding and no resources or love or support at all. So I, I've noticed that there's, there's an attack on our neighborhoods. You know, people don't like the people within our neighborhoods and they want to keep the money with their friends, with businesses and things like that. And if you stand up against the status quo, they will try to target you and do everything that they can to try to pretty much silence you and mute you so you don't have a voice. They'll try to, you know, paint you as being a radical, but that's okay. You know, I feel like Christ was radical. Christ challenged the status quo. You know, he said things that wouldn't have been popular at that time. He was pro the underdog, pro the people that are poor, pro the people that are in the community um, doing illegal activities, but doing illegal activities because they don't have appropriate resources um, to be able to make some different lifestyle changes. Given better circumstances, they would be better people. Or given the appropriate education, they would change their mentality. Okay, so let me, I, I want to kind of just go back into your experience throughout all this whole thing. And um, as it was developing, as you started this uh, campaign, what are some things that you learned that maybe if you were doing this over again, if you had a rerun right away, what would you do different? Raise more money, um, put a strong campaign team together. And definitely just hit more doors. I mean, I, I, I don't really have a problem with hitting doors. I'm pretty good at that. But we had such a short amount of time, so it was kind of hard to, to reach that, that environment. But definitely do more research on, on some of the areas within the, um, I'm messing up. Do, do more research on, on the landscape. Yeah. To understand the population of voters, who's going to vote, and just have a better understanding of the terrain. Yeah, that's good. I mean, how old are you? 33. 33 for a 33 year old man to stand up there and run for city council when you know that the odds are against you and uh, you know you're facing this type of opposition you know you know you don't have the resources for finances to really compete with a lot of these other people um, what uh, what part of that would you do different 
Um, again, uh, for doing more research on how to do more adequate fundraisers. Um, definitely get more support when it comes to that. And definitely having a better, stronger team behind me to be able to do research on the terrain, uh, get, get more voters connected with my campaign, uh, do more organizing. Okay. Definitely do more organizing. You, you said that they brought up your past. Mm-hmm. They brought up uh, a felony or your past conviction, okay? And, of course, you know I'm no stranger to, to that type of language and conversation. So um, what do you – do you feel that that was wrong? Or do you feel that – did, did that catch you by surprise? Because was that one of those things that you didn't know that they could even do? I mean, I'm trying to figure out what did you learn throughout okay. all this that maybe other people watching uh, this show could probably learn from maybe your mistakes. Okay, so first off, Obviously, I decided to get in politics, so I, I am aware that politics is very dirty. Um, politics is war. Um, at the end of the day, people will do whatever they have to do to win. I don't participate in smear campaigns myself, but that doesn't mean that another person will not do that. Smear cap- campaigns. Yeah. Explain that. A smear campaign is essentially where you're digging up dirt on another candidate and, and you're displaying it to the public in order to change the public opinion of, the, of that candidate. Um, I don't participate in that. Um, I am open to debate other candidates, but if they if they want to debate on certain issues and things like that, but I don't I'm not necessarily trying to attack the character of that candidate. I'm attacking the issue or the ideologies of that candidate unless they're attacking my character. Then I'm going to defend myself, obviously. But um, so I am aware that they can do that. Um, I was not hiding anything. I mean, obviously, everything is public record. When you sign your name on the ballot, they, they have what name you want to go by and then you put your government name on there so i am aware that people can dig into that um did i think that they were going to do it in this particular campaign no um did i think that it was distasteful yes because of how the media portrayed it because one of the things that we have to talk about when when you're dealing with any criminal convictions number one we have to talk about circumstance i believe circumstances is everything circumstance is, is is critical so like one of my charges for one it happened in 2006 i was 15 years old um, but it, it says 2008 because it went to my dot record in the state of Minnesota. When you have a violent felony, it automatically goes to your dot record, um, regardless if you were a juvenile or not. So getting back into the circumstance, um, I was 15 years old. I was at my mother's house. People came to my mom's house, six people, baseball bats. My sister was there. My niece was there and they were making threats. So I came with a shotgun and I told them pretty much to leave or it was going to be an issue. Um, if that was in Iowa, that would be considered to be stand your ground or um, self, some form of self-defense. But in Minnesota, they don't have self-defense. Uh, they don't have uh, stand your ground. So because of that, I was ushered into the criminal justice system. I went in at 15. I got out when I was 19. So um, they held me in juvenile until I was 17, and then they sent me to prison. Um, so I'll be the first person to say that the criminal justice system has its form of disparities because why are you ushering in a minor into the criminal justice system because they are essentially protecting their family from people that are trying to harm them and their family. So um, an average person, if they see the second degree assault with a deadly weapon, they'll look at him like, okay, this dude's violent. This dude is, you know, on some, on some shenanigans without fully understanding the circumstances behind that charge, you know. But they brought up charges all the way. They brought up misdemeanors. They, they dug up everything. They, they, you know, they did everything that they could to try to make me into a monster. And then one of the other things that, that I want to stretch is, 
there are big disparities when it comes to the black community and our um, interactions with police and our interactions with the criminal justice system. Um, the, the, the statement of being innocent until proven guilty is a lie. You are guilty until proven innocent. Ma matter of fact, when I went to one of my trials, the prosecutor, before the trial even started, the prosecutor wanted me to go to jail. Doesn't, didn't even care if I did it or didn't do it. You have prosecutors that just want to convict you because it makes them look good and they want to do things for their own selfish political reasons. And that's a, that's a problem. Yeah, it, it is. It is definitely a problem. Um, the uh, state of Iowa, of course, has been um, getting better, I think, at that. Uh, if you looked at how times were 20, 30 years ago, I mean, man, it was, it was, it was outrageous you know, outrageously terrible. It was almost like, you know, we was living uh, back in the 60s or something like that. However, uh, I must say this because I think this is very important. I've been thinking about this and I wanted to tell you this. I remember uh, when I started uh, my uh, involvement with, uh, you know, uh, getting involved with the uh, community and things like that. And I know, I, I remember when you were kind of starting out and you were reaching out and it was, uh, Eddie Andrews was one that kind of, you know, he helped you out. He took time and, and, and kind of showed you the ropes of different things. And I was very proud of Eddie Andrews that he did that. Um, I, I was glad that there was someone that took the time with you to be able to, to, to help you and, 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 and to do all that type of stuff. And, now, as you continue to grow and, and, and run and for different uh, campaigns, you know, throughout your career, I, I just want to make sure that you understand it's very important to realize um, the the man of God, you know, Absolutely. that we have to be, you know, because this is what I've been learning. I, I like to give it back. I don't like to just hold it in, but give it back. And as you further your career, just remember that, you know, God wants us to be to be men of God. He wants us to be humble. Uh, he wants us to love each other. Even when people hate on us, you know, and disrespect us. And, and I know that you've been through a lot of that, you know, and, uh, you still maintained, uh, you know, your grounds in, in being confident and still pursuing, you know, all the things that you think is right and the things that, you know, are helpful to other people. And so I appreciate that, man. I, I really do. And I, I want you to continue on. I just want you to remember that we have to, we have to love people, you know, and, uh, even though people, you know, chastise us, talk about us, uh, you know, we can't attack, you know, that, that two wrongs don't make a right is, is so true. This podcast is brought to you by Infinite Resources, a local staffing agency connecting diverse job candidates and central Iowa companies. I've also recognized a lot of the uh, work that you've done with the youth, you know, in, in the schools. Uh, there's a lot of kids that you've been able to help. Uh, a lot of kids that uh, teachers haven't been able to get through, you've been able to get through, and you've been, been helpful. And with that, I want to say that we have awarded you 
the you've got the award right here, the Image for Lives Inner City Help inner, the Image for Lives Inner City Advocate of the Year Award. Appreciate you. Goes to R.J. Miller, and that's your award right there, Appreciate sir. You. And I want to tell you that uh, you deserve that. You know, you d- you deserve that because you have been, uh, you know, like I say, you, the wor- the words really don't describe your your character. Your, uh, you know, people don't know the work that you've done behind closed doors. A lot of people know what they may have heard about through somebody else, which it may be something good, it may be something bad, you know, but God judges the heart Absolutely. of man. And, you know, um, you know, you are a child of God, and I want to uh, see you continue to prosper. I just want to make sure that you're learning from your mistakes and that you're uh, continuously moving forward and, and and conquering and getting victory, man, because, you know, you've you've got it in you, you know, and, and you've got the will, you've got the drive. And I think uh, once you put it all together is when you're really going to find a lot of that success. Absolutely. So uh, uh, let, let's see what else we want to talk about. Uh, let, me, let me address your last your last point as far as. Um uh, you, you asked me something about did I think it would did I like did I think the the statement was warranted by the media and stuff like that, or how did I handle it or something? You mean uh, when they brought up your felony conviction? Yeah, I just want to address that last uh, portion real fast. Um, okay, I just want to say like, and let's get the trophy okay. out of the way. So I got we you, got you. We don't block the camera. Yeah. So obviously, I didn't I didn't like what they did, but the way I look at it is, if you have to stoop that low in order to do something like that, that shows me that I was doing something correct within the community um you obviously emptied your entire clip on your gun now you don't have any more bullets so it's like what else do you you can't do anything else to me that's all that's all you had because at the end of the day my past is my past what i'm currently doing right now helping the youth fighting for families fighting for a better community fighting for resources for low for low-income households that that is the mission of god i don't even consider that work i consider that um ministry this is social ministry the stuff that i'm doing and i'm glad to be able to do that and i'm all about redemption and a transformation of another human being and you're, you're speaking on god i feel like god uses people who had a criminal past or used to get in trouble and things of that nature in order to reach other people that's how i'm able to reach the youth when, when i'm talking to an at-risk youth who has problems with gangs and has problems with other different type of stuff i've been there i've been in neighborhoods where gangs i was in a gang myself and you know had different obstacles and i've, I've overcame that so now our youth can say okay well RJ's been through this, and he used to be in the streets, but look at what he's doing now. He's helping at-risk kids. He's he's fighting for people on a local level, on a state level, and he's willing to go in any room with whoever and take the issues of the community and the culture and put it on his back. Even even during the threat of somebody trying to come at me politically to destroy me politically, trying to destroy me economically, you know, I'm still willing to do that. I got scars for setting up for my community. I done bled for my community. So if that doesn't show compassion and dedication, I don't know what does. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Image TV podcast, and we've got R.J. Miller here, and we're having some good conversation. I want to encourage everyone to go to the Image TV podcast on YouTube and subscribe, and you'll get a chance to see all the different episodes. We've been doing a lot of great things in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, with television, and we will consider we will continue 
uh, to move in that direction. Uh, so uh, this is R.J. Miller. He ran for city council, and even though he came up short, we're talking about the experience uh, that he went through. And uh, so, you know, man, that was that was really good. I, I appreciate you sharing that with everyone. Uh, and I'm glad that we had the opportunity to sit here and talk. I'm particularly glad that I had a chance to see you and talk to you about, you know, some of the things that I've learned because I think that that's more important than anything. You know, I used to be very immature in my ways of talking and thinking and, and tearing other people down. You know, I see somebody, you know, and think, well, they haven't been doing nothing for the community. You know, they, they ain't been doing nothing but just, you know, getting the recognition for it. They've done absolutely nothing. And then, you know, the more and more I grow, the more God continues to deal with me about speaking bad about people, especially publicly. You know, we, we're called to raise and lift people up. Yes, sir. You know, even when they try to tear us down and throw shots, because ultimately they'll have their reward. You know, God deals with them. And the more we let go, and, 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 and allow him to do his work and keep moving forward, you know, in what it is that we're supposed to do. That's where we find that success. You know, I used to talk about the state of Iowa and I, I couldn't stand it. When I got out of prison, I, man, I didn't want to come back here. <laughs> you know, I wanted to go to California or somewhere and anywhere other than here. And as long as I've been here and I've been working for the state and I've been learning, I've been seeing different things with reentry. I see how much uh, the state is really doing to try to change some things. You know, they, they're not naive to what's going on by no means. And, you know, this whole thing, it doesn't always work on our time. Right. But as long as we have that patience, you know, our, our, our prayers will get answered. So I just want to say, Hang in there, my brother, and continue on in your journey and uh, watch the blessings unfold. Yes, sir. Now look out for me 2024. I'm running for Iowa House of Representatives, District 34. Okay. All right. So that's what's next for R.J. Miller. Yes, sir. All right. Repeat that. Say that again. T tell me just a little bit about that. <laughs> so Go I will on. be running for the Iowa House of Representatives, House District 34. I ran for this position last year. I actually had no intentions on running for a city council seat, but I was told to by a state representative to engage within that. Plus, you know, the former represent or the former council person was black. I did not want to see that go to a white person that did not understand the lived experiences of black people. That was not going to do anything for our community. And that's why I chose to run to stand up for the lower income areas, to represent people of color and to make sure that we had a voice. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to the image TV podcast. You're locked and loaded into nothing but love. We've got R.J. Miller, and this is episode 46. We'll see you next time. This podcast is brought to you by Infinite Resources, a local staffing agency connecting diverse job candidates and central Iowa companies.